Well, Carrie's corner. Carrie, who are you talking to tonight? I'm speaking to Jonah Naidu. So Jonah Naidu and I go back a couple of years. He is one of the founding members of a very trendy, little vibey, niche retail liquor outlet in the high street of Parkhurst. And he and his partner, Martin Pinar, have, I think, done an amazing job of weathering the COVID storm. It's not easy to be a retailer, A. It's definitely not easy to be a retailer in the liquor space at the moment in South Africa. And it's even more difficult to be a retailer in the liquor space in, I think it's a 38 or 48 or maybe 50 square meter shop. Jono, are you with us on the line? Yeah, good evening, Carrie. And um, yeah, I couldn't do a better job at that introduction. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us in my naughty corner. We're going to have lots of fun, and I hope that you had a drink or two before you joined us, did you? I uh, definitely got a glass poured here. Don't what, worry what, about that. What's in your glass? So I've got, um, I, I think the, probably the best value for me is that um, uh, seriously old dirt, oh. uh, Villafontes. So yeah. So he was one of my first podcast interviews when I first got sort of roped into this very happy space that's biz news. I interviewed Mike Ratcliffe because, do you remember, Alec? We had Mike in another studio. It wasn't this one. Yeah, we've, we were this, is, this is version two. Version one had lots of glass, if you remember. And so we it kind of bounced off actually. the. We're quite nomadic at Biz News. Yeah, at the moment. well, wait until the 7th of May. When? 7th of May, we're in our new we're studios. Fancy at, yeah, Capitol Hill. So, Jonah, we did do Mike Ratcliffe because Seriously Old Dirt is one of my favorite go tos as well. But the other day, I had, um, in fact, yesterday, I had a meeting with Jonah and his partner, Martin both of whom are businessmen in their own right and do stuff other than the little vibey store in the high street. And we caught up for a cup of coffee yesterday and we were chatting about the difficulties of making this whole thing work. And it's really not. And Jonah, I'm terrified to ask the question because I don't know if Tito's listening, but did you bootleg? Uh, certainly not, uh, <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> That's not, <what> <laughs> not for the record, anyway. Not for the record. No, jokes aside, no, none of us were allowed to. to. We all we weren't allowed yeah, to. But how did you? How did you manage to stay alive during during last year, um, where we all know what the margins are on liquor, and I know that everybody's going to be saying, ha, 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 they all make loads of money. We don't. How did you survive? Yeah. Yeah, so very interesting. I mean, we, um, you're quite right. Our store is pretty small. You know, it's boutique and, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a neighborhood and community business in Parkhurst. That's how we started. Mm. Um, why did you, know, you start we it? Lockdown. Can I ask you why you started it before we do lockdown? You were making um, perfectly good money as an accountant or whatever. Why did you go into booze? I ask myself that question all the time, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, this thing came out of a passion project. We were, Martin and I were in our business collecting wine and trading wine with friends and family. And, you know, and, um, you know, we thought, um, you know, we could do this. Uh, little did we realize what we are getting into, into the retail game and then the wine industry and all of those compounded, you know, something else for us. Mm. But, you know, we went into lockdown, um, as a traditional retail on the high street in Parkhurst. Um, I think we had 22 weeks of being locked up. 
ghastly. Four lockdowns in that period of time. In the in the first few days of the lockdown, um, we are you know um, quite unsure of how this thing would all pan out and whether we would survive actually. Yeah. Uh, but but we actually went into building the store. Uh, we always had an online store. Mm. It never had the sales you know we have and enjoy today. And uh, um, we kept building it. We kept the staff and we kept um, um, you know building and adding uh, content and products onto our store. And, um, you know, use the lockdown and the rumored lockdowns and the president's talks, you know, um, yes. those all fueled, you know, the, the online market. And we weren't exempted. I think nobody was no. um, in e-commerce. Everybody saw a spike in e-commerce over that time. And I think that's, that was, um, you know, uh, played in our favor over that time. So we were very lucky that, um, you know, people were looking online. We were available and that's taken our store from, you know, community store in Parkhurst to a national presence. Um, Jonah, we also I, have to, I've got a question for you, Anne Carey, and, and I know that the guys who are in the petrol business do this. They estimate what's going to happen to the petrol price at the end of the month, and they either stock up their uh, tanks or they run them down. And they, they trade in that way. They make a lot of money. Did you guys do that ahead of Cyril's speeches? Because some of them, we had surprises where you couldn't have liquor. Others of them, it, it, things actually went around. It would be very interesting if, if you did trade, and then could you make money out of that? Tony, you go first. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very interesting because I think you raise a number of uh, points, Alex. I think what uh, stifles some of that trading with, you know, um, excess supply and then demand was, um, you know, the logistics and the warehousing could not cope with the kind of demand we saw in the industry. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to. So often that, you know, when we'd get into the lockdown, it was, you know, you know, the famous words with immediate effect um, was telling <laughs> yeah, on our business. Blood runs cold, <laughs> I know, on a Sunday night. <laughs> Mm. Exactly. And, you know, we had very little prep. So I think the business models, like you say, in the oil industry and that are really geared for that to for people to trade. We didn't have that luxury. Um, and, you know, getting product up from Cape Town, um, you know, there were at some point, uh, Carrie, you'll remember, there was a shortage of uh, champagne because as France went to a lockdown, we weren't able to get that in over December. Yeah. So it was very tricky. It was very tricky, and we were we were actually, to be fair, Jonah. Let's be honest. We'll just throw all our pants down in Park Station here. But we were actually helping each other, weren't we, as retailers? I mean, Jonah would phone me at Norman Goodfellows and say, "We're absolutely out of this. Can we borrow, or can you help?" And they did likewise for us. And I th I'd hazard a guess that there was a lot of that helping that was going on within the retail community because the supply chain was just so damaged by the stop, start, stop, start all the time. So it was really, really huge business interruption. But Donna, have you come, have you come out of COVID and the lockdowns slicker, smarter, smoother, more efficient? I would say um, most definitely. I think um, we've come, come, um, you know, we've emerged digitally better, um, um, you know, out of COVID. Um, I think we're less reliant on a physical retail store uh, mm. than we were pre-COVID, and that's been good for us. I, I think we've extended our presence uh, nationally. Um, and, you know, um, 
I think you're right about the partnerships because we work with uh, with um, with farms and distributors to actually improve the service to our clients. Um, I and think, do you, you think, know, do you think that going forward, because of those relationships that you forged with directly with suppliers or producers rather than pardon me suppliers, do you think that the face of the liquor chain is going to change considerably as a result of it? Because you can go direct to a producer now, can't you? Absolutely. I think, you know, I call this lockdown economics. It, it really changed everything for us. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as you say, we, you know, um, we saw, uh, saw us compete directly with the wine farms. Yes. You know, um, as much as we love them and need them and that, and we the retailer um, and face to the clients, that all changed. But so Jonah, it actually put. It also, they put, the government put us in direct competition with the restaurants that we were supplying because they gave them the right to sell liquor from the restaurant. So we yeah. were actually, not only did we have, during lockdown, the bottle stores weren't allowed to be open, but there were a lot of restaurants that were allowed to be open. People were buying, and the restaurants needed to stay alive. So who can, who can ever bemoan their fate? I mean, you can't say that they weren't allowed to sell booze, and they were. So yeah. we ended up from having just retail competition. Not only do we just have retail competition, there's wholesale competition, there's bootlegging competition, and there's restaurants who have become our direct competition because they're allowed to sell booze off-site. It was, yeah. it was the most alarming set of circumstances that was badly thought out by the government, I think. Do you agree? A hundred percent. Look, you've you got to feel for the restauranteurs as well. I mean, um, th- thank God they had, you know, they were able to trade on uh, with liquor. Yeah. So I think that helped many um, restaurants survive. I think it was a good thing in the end. Um, but I think, you know, our industry did need a reset. I agree and, with you one hundred percent. And I think that lockdown inadvertently did create some kind of, um, I think, constructive um, um, reset that we will see over the next few months and in, into the year. Yes. Um, certainly, we can see it in the supply chain, definitely in the wholesale market. Um, and, yeah, you know, I think it's going to improve the, the experience to the customer. And And going forward, I mean, Anybody who doesn't know Dry Dock Liquors, it's just such a cutie pie shop. You feel like you're in downtown New York or London or somewhere. It's a little hole in the wall from the road in the high street of Parkhurst. Have you been, Alec? Dusty, have you been? I haven't been, Carrie, but I, I am what I like to call a, a Parker's veteran when it comes to a Saturday. No, you've, you've got to pump, you've got to stick your head in so, the dry so, dock. Jonah, I'm sure I'll see you sooner rather than later. Absolutely, <laughs> and you know, we always taste things, so, uh, you know, you... Taste them. Oh, my God, Nothing gets on the shelf without us tasting it. They've got... <laughs> it, it reminds me very much of Norman Goodfellows in the old days when we used to trade off the pavement because the shop was too small to fit everything into it. And that's exactly what Dry Dock Liquors is now. They trade exactly. loads of stuff off the pavement. So you walk along the pavement and you see barrels and boxes and glasses. It's right next door to a coffee shop. So you can actually pull up a bench and have a coffee and chat to Jonah or Martin or any of the staff who are all very well informed. And, and taste. And taste. Jonah, what time is tasting tomorrow? <laughs> we open at nine. You yeah. see, so yeah, we taste right through. Now you have my attention. 
And we don't judge. <laughs> no, please don't judge the business team. Please don't judge the business team. So what's but I think, take? Carrie, hmm? I, I was just reminded, I mean, um, of the story. I mean, our store is probably 80 square meters. It's still smaller than, Nor- uh, than Norman's um, first store, right? Maybe 100 square meters. I don't even know if we were 100 square meters. You know, my Jewish partners wouldn't have paid for those extra 20 square meters. I can tell you that right now. But if I remember, that's just a joke, by the way. We had a store in Hyde Park, which was also 80 square meters. So I know what it's like to to try and trade out of that. And you have off-site storerooms and... Mrs. Rigby Jones comes in and Mr. Rabinovitz comes in and they say, we want it and we want it now. And you say, yes, sir, it's just downstairs. And you send Rufus in the bucky quickly, like tearing like a bat out of hell to the storeroom to go and fetch. It's hard to trade out of an 80 square meter store, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's why we're so grateful for the online business because it's, you know, sometimes in uh, peak trading hours, it can look like a warehouse rather than a boutique store. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so we've got to trade off the pavement. And I think most people, I think uh, around Parkhurst are, you know, like that. They, 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 they want to yeah. see uh, small business grow and, and succeed. So fortunately, it's a good thing. Um, one or two people do frown on it, of course. Well, I think I love that high street trading. I think it's brilliant. It's very reminiscent of England where you go to Mr. So-and-so, the butcher, and then you ramble along to Mr. So-and-so, the baker. And it's, the vibe is brilliant. Anybody and Cape Town, does Cape Town have an equivalent to Parkhurst? You know, Caroline's um, fine wine store, she's got a similar one, but she's so refined and elegant. She's nothing like no she's nothing like Jonah nothing and like Martin, Jada. who are absolute gangsters. But you, you do have to... Too much a credit. <laughs> you do all have to make a point of swinging by 4th Avenue and Parkhurst as soon as you can to go and visit them. It's a charming, enchanting little store that has an amazing range of wine. Um, I don't want to say that one of you must have a favorite because you you pride yourself on being wine and spirits, I think. But the wine is far more impressive than anything else. It's a must-go-to on any given weekend. What time tomorrow, Jonah? <laughs> nine. Jesus. Nine. Just use the business code. Nine in the morning, Jonah. Nine in the morning. Use the business code. Jonah, I've heard of breakfast beers before. It rolls off the tongue really nicely. <laughs> yeah, but if you're tasting wine at nine o'clock in the morning, what is that called? Oh, God, I don't know. A, a good time? <laughs> Jonah, thank you so much for joining us on Biz News. As ever, you're just such good company and good luck. I know that you've survived COVID and I know that you'll go on to to grow. And I'm really pleased to hear that you've established your online business. That's fantastic news.